Come with me as we dive into some of the most intimate diaries a person could share. My mission is to inspire you to push through during the toughest of times, too. Thank you for being here. This is Push Diaries Podcast, and I'm your host, Tess. Okay, guys, happy Friday to you. I wanted to bring you an episode kind of out of my normal releasing schedule because I love you guys and I know Christmas is not easy on everyone. I want to make sure that people don't feel lonely this time of year, especially. I know for me, seasonal depression is a thing. I have a feeling that more people will experience that this winter with how tough COVID has been. I am super excited to announce that I have interviewed Dare to Try. Dan Tun came on the episode to let us know what his organization is all about and how to give back to the disability community. Dare to Try has inspired me to remain athletic and be involved in sports even though my abilities have greatly changed since I can no longer walk. In 2018, I did my race with Dare to Try. I did a super sprint on a Saturday and another sprint of some form on a Sunday. It was really awesome. I was able to be a part of the Chicago Triathlon, paratriathlon, where you swim, bike, and run. My friend Rochelle and I decided to do a relay together, so it was just a really great experience. I had actually done it again two years before that. I believe it was 2016. It might have been 2017. I might have skipped a year, but it is something I know I will do my whole entire life now. It's a great organization that just helps people with disabilities get the exposure with athletics that they still can do and they still crave because as human beings, we crave togetherness and crave being able to move and exercise and complete challenges. So without further ado, I want to bring you Dan Tun from Dare to Try. Episode 27, Dan for Dare to Try. Here's the show. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You can hear good. me okay? Yes, you sound great. And if if you skip or something or I skip, just let me know and we can kind of say what we need to over. But we should be good. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. Is my, um, could you see me? Your video isn't on, but it okay, doesn't me... have to be. If you want to just do phone, too, that's fine. Um, uh, there you are. Hello. Hello. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. It's funny because I feel like a lot on this podcast, people tell me like, oh, it's such a small world. And that also involves you and I because you grew up next door to my uncle, which is so funny. <laughs> that's right. I was just telling that story the other day to... Uh, um, to my girlfriend and uh, yeah, like, yeah it's, it's crazy like all these connections that that you have and and just the adaptive sports world and just just I don't know all parts yeah. of life I guess yeah it's fun well and you guys I know Elizabeth raced with you guys a good friend of ours and she passed away a few years ago and so she is actually the one who we had the same surgeon at Mayo Clinic and so she told me, she was like, Tess, when you're back up and able to race, like, 
I want you to come race with me. So unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to race with her, but I was so glad that, you know, you guys still took me on and coached me through the process. And I had never done like a marathon or a paratriathlon before, even when I could walk. And so, yeah, Dare to Try is a really special organization to me. And I know that, you know, you guys are huge and immense in the disability community as well. So thank you for coming on. I'm super excited to talk to you. So Dan, kind of start with your background, how you got involved with Dare to Try and how you met Carrie and Melissa, and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah, so I was born and raised on the north side of Chicago. Um, yeah, living next door to your uncle. Um, yeah, I, as far as, as getting into adaptive sports, it was a it was a pretty wild journey to get, uh, I guess, to where I am today. So, yeah, my undergrad is in uh, is in finance and information systems. So started off in business for for a little while and um, wasn't wasn't completely happy doing doing that. So it was just kind of uh, looking to see what what else I might be interested in. So I went back to school and um, uh, received my master's in secondary education. So I was teaching uh, middle school mathematics for for a few years. And uh, during that time, I got into uh, coaching. Um, it was just coaching some of the, the school sports and just really enjoyed it. And sports was always a big part of my life. And um, and then when I had the summers off, I, I first started with the uh, the Chicago Park District, and I work with individuals that have uh, cognitive disabilities. So, um, you know, things like Down syndrome or autism, and um, you know, all different different types of disabilities, and and then got involved in Special Olympics. So, uh, coaching these individuals um, in different sports, and uh, just absolutely loved it. And so that was my first, I think, introduction to working with people with disabilities. Um, actually, right across the street from the house we grew up in, and, and your cousins were um, were friends with uh, our friend Ricky, who lived across the street, and he has, uh, he has a cognitive disability. But we, um, yeah, we were all just friends. I mean, this, these were just the neighborhood kids that were, were always together. And, and um, yeah, so I guess, I guess he was, was the first person with a disability that I was... Um, uh, kind of introduced to, and, you know, he was just, a just one of the regular friends that we had. And, um, and it's funny because it, it, I ended up becoming his camp counselor for the Chicago park district, even though we're, we're very much the similar age. Um, uh, but, you know, and I worked with him in special Olympics and things like that. And so, yeah, so that was the introduction, I think, to working with people with disabilities. And then I was exposed to adaptive sports and I was just blown away by it. I was, um, yeah, just I just thought it was just just so cool to see all the different adaptations to equipment and um, just the drive and passion that, that these individuals have. I mean, it was it was no different than, you know, the sports I played growing up or, or coached. And, um, you know, just the, the equipment was different, but uh yeah, I started off with sled hockey, and then um, it just kind of took off from there, and I ended up working with the park district, uh, found a position with them as a sports coordinator full-time, and I left teaching, and I guess the rest is is kind of history. History, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Like, yeah, you would never think that going from schooling and math to then being a coach is just so cool, and now look at where you are today. It's like, everything about what you do professionally has to do with sports. So 
it's just really neat. So then like, how did you meet Carrie and Melissa? And remind me again, Dan, did, did Carrie create Dare to Try or was it a group effort? Kind of give a little backstory then on how this evolved into Dare to Try and how you got involved with that. Sure. Yeah, I had met Carrie. Carrie was, um, you know, she was already a leader in the in the adaptive sports world. So she was working for Great Lakes Adaptive Sports. Um, when I met her, she was working there full time and I was I was still with the park district. And um, so met her um, through that community and at different events. You know, we worked together, even though we were working in different organizations. You know, there was a lot of crossover with athletes and um, seeing it different competitions and things like that but um yeah so that's kind of how it started and you know I very much looked up to Carrie because she had a a ton of experience and yeah we just got into talking and she was training for triathlon um I had just finished up racing Ironman distance triathlon and she was training for that and so um yeah I think maybe that's where um maybe our friendship started I think just you know uh, you know just uh, started with this hobby that we were both participating in and um and then we got to talking um about possibly adding triathlon to our like a, a, a like a partnership you know a partnership program between glass and the park district and uh yeah during the during that time we also met uh well i had met melissa and that was at a um uh, like a stationary cycling class. We were we were all training. All three of us were training for the sport, just for our own enjoyment. And um, that's kind of where it started. The three of us just kind of joined forces and uh, decided to add swimming, biking, and running to to the mix of of sports. And so that's that's pretty much where it started. And um, you know, Carrie likes to 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 say that. It's, uh, you know, it's a sport that you could train alongside or participate alongside your uh, your family members, friends, um, you know, whether they have a disability or not. It's a very inclusive sport and you don't necessarily need like, you know, like wheelchair basketball. You need nine other players, you know, like the team sports like that. And so this is something you can do, um, you know, on your own or, or just, you know, friends and family. So Yeah, I was I was really blown away with how much you guys did really provide inclusivity across the board, no matter, you know, if you could walk or you couldn't see or, or you have deaf athletes. I mean, it's just incredible that, you know, like was, is his name Al and he's blind, right? I might have his name wrong, but you guys literally connect a guide with like a rope and then they're able to literally be a part of the, the triathlon when normally maybe they couldn't have done that before. So it's just really yeah. neat. Yeah, it's um, you know, obviously we, you know, in adaptive sports there are, you know, there are barriers, right, for for individuals to participate. And our and our whole thing is you don't have to be this uber competitive, you know, person. You know, we our our goal is to just get people moving and and get people active and to be a part of a community. But of course there are barriers, especially adaptive sports because equipment is so unique and there aren't many vendors that actually make these pieces of adaptive equipment so prices are expensive and yes. um and that's just a barrier to to get involved and um you know we we try to eliminate any excuse or barrier so people can can get involved and so we have 
inventory of adaptive equipment. So if people need to borrow equipment or use it just to train or, you know, to participate in a race, you know, that's, that's what we're there for. In addition yes. to, you know, tra- training opportunities and camps and things that we put on. So Yes. And how long have you guys been doing the camp? Cause that's kind of new, right? Are you like four years into that? We've actually been doing it. So we started there to try in 2010 and I think it may have been a year or so after that we we put on our first big camp in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. And wow. so that camp has actually been going on since since then and we, then we've added different camps like we have an injured military camp, a kids camp, we have a train to race camp which is a little bit, you know, for those that are looking for something a little bit more competitive and and often we'll pair those camps up with with a race that happens that weekend too so individuals can participate in the race and yeah it's just cool feel accomplished at the end of the weekend absolutely and then also like build that confidence up for being able to do the chicago try or go back to their hometowns and participate in those races there as far as like funding goes, I mean, I imagine a big part of the success of your organization is donation. And so if you want to give a little plug here for people, I know that when I did my race, you know, I was kind of between jobs struggling with like, okay, how am I going to pay to be a part of this? And so it was really cool. You guys have a program online that helps people, I don't know, just get the word out that they're going to be a part of a race. And here's where you can donate to this specific athlete. I just think that is so cool because people want to help, right? Like if they hear about an opportunity and they have the opportunity to sponsor, even if it's only 20 bucks from this person, 20 bucks from this person, it goes a long way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a, a lot of generous people out there that that have helped. I mean, donations is is a big part of our of our funding. And yeah, there's, there's different, um, you know, we've, we formalized a lot of it uh, over the years and, you know, everything from, uh, you know, we have a, a charity marathon team for the Chicago marathon. So individuals could sign up with uh, the Chicago marathon, We're doing the New York marathon too. And, you know, they can become a charity runner for dare to try. We have, uh, you know, different events. Like we had giving Tuesday last week. Um, we, we hosted a virtual basically a gala this year because we couldn't do it in person. And yeah, and in our, our website, we have different um, different ways that you can donate. And, and you know, we try to break down what what different donation levels, how they have an effect uh, on the organization and the individuals. Um, um, like you said, like, you know, $20 can help sponsor a kid to uh, join our kids camp um, and things like that. So Every little bit helps. You know, we we definitely count on those donations and, and grants and uh, you know corporate sponsors. Um, yeah. Um, to help, but 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 it's been great. We've been very fortunate. Yeah, it's so cool. And then what about equipment? How much do you have to actually go out and purchase it? I know the first hand cycle that I ever used. Obviously, you know, I'm from a small town. I don't think anyone in my town owned a, a hand cycle. So I had contacted you and said, Hey, like, can we meet up and can I ride a bike? And it was so cool that you guys were like, yeah, like, let me know what time you're available. We met in a parking lot. I took a few laps, you and Stacy and Mina, and you guys were just so supportive and so helpful. And I had so much fun on that <laughs> thing. I remember telling you guys like, man, I wish it wasn't, you know, 25 degrees. Otherwise I'd <laughs> ask if I could just bike all day, but yeah, where do you get equipment then to be able to provide for all these different abilities and age groups? Is, has that been a yeah. challenge? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when we first started, you know, we we started with with very little equipment. I think a lot of the equipment was just older donated equipment, either from other participants. You know, maybe it was just, uh, you know, something that they weren't using anymore or some organizations that were getting new equipment and they had some equipment to, you know, to give us uh, to use in the meantime. And and slowly over the years, we've been able to sort of build that inventory. We, We have uh, four trailers now, four large trailers that are in a parking lot that are filled with with everything from hand cycles to racing chairs, to tandem bikes, um, upright bikes. And yeah, it's, it's um, you know, with the donations, you know, those things go towards adaptive equipment. And yeah, we're, we're, we're lucky because I think a lot of the equipment we have now is is newer and up to date, whereas before we were uh, using used equipment, which is fine. But you know, just like everything, equipment advances and, you know, you want equipment that's safe. And so, you know, we we then donate, you know, maybe equipment to individuals that, that can use it. And then we restock maybe with, with some newer equipment. So, um, yeah, it's taken some time, but we have a, a pretty good inventory of that. And yeah, like you said, I mean, just the experience with you, I mean, we're we're lucky to be able to to have individuals come visit us, maybe get fitted for the first time you know, take a spin on the, on a bike or a racing chair to see, you know, if they, if they enjoy it and then, and then kind of go from there to see, see what they want to do next. Hey there, I'm a born Minnesotan, now Michigan girl whose life was thrown into an ineffable state of uncertainty in 2014. I was 24 years old and diagnosed with a rare deadly tumor. Superhuman doctors at the Mayo Clinic of Rochester, Minnesota saved my life by cutting me in half then putting me back together again with my leg bone. We decided to put me in a cauldron full of chemotherapy drugs for nearly a year in hopes of killing the mutated cells while my incisions in my skin from three days of surgery took seven months to heal. It was so tough, but I'm so glad I'm here with you all on the other side. My fiance Tyler and I have started creating bonus content for our Patreon supporters. Patreon gives creators the tools needed to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. Having to ask people for money is difficult, and your support of this show is greatly appreciated. Thank you for sharing in my dream, and be sure to check out the bonus content online at patreon.com for Forward slash push diaries podcast. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got to be honest too, like the idea of swimming terrified me. And I had been in, you know, the YMCA pool, but that's nothing like the Chicago Lake there, you know? So it's like, you know, I remember I like trained one day, you guys supplied me with a wetsuit and it was so empowering to get in and out of the lake and just know that like, okay, even though my legs aren't working anymore, I can still race and I can still accomplish this for myself. It was just such a neat experience. And I just really want to stress to the listeners that like donating to an organization like this, especially around Christmas time in the new year, you really are granting a lot of people some really neat opportunities that they couldn't have in their own homes. So or hometown. So it was just so cool. But yeah, I remember like, okay, I hope I don't sink. And like (laughs) that little swim belt, like it did everything I needed it to just kind of keep my hips in line with my shoulders and I could swim, swim on my back. So it was just so cool. Do you have any stories that like you want to share as far as like helping 
someone with a pretty significant disability overcome something like that that sticks out in your head or a time at camp that just is really memorable? Yeah, I mean, oh, geez, there's so many. I there's know. So many. You're like, that's every day of the week, Tess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think maybe just camp in general, especially our, our Learn to Try camp. That's the one I, I mentioned in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. It's such a unique weekend, and I'm not going to share maybe a specific story, but, like, you have so many individuals that come from all parts of the country and, and sometimes other countries, and the transformation that I think that you see just in a very short amount of time is, is spectacular. I think everyone comes in, I mean, not just, not just the participants, but I think maybe the coaches, the staff, everyone comes in a little nervous, you know, like it's a, it's a big weekend and, and you're not sure how things are going to go. And there's, you know, there's so many, you know, there's safety issues and, and you don't want, you want to make sure everyone's comfortable. And, and it's such a, it's such a unique experience because you go from that very nervous state and then just as the hours go by, you just see people either opening up uh, to other individuals or pushing themselves maybe during a workout a little bit more than they did maybe a couple hours ago or asking questions. And, you know, you have, you get two days of that and it just keeps building on, on itself. And then, um, and then on the third day, we put together um, our try it triathlon, and it's it's a triathlon that you know it's our own unique triathlon. It's it's nothing super fancy, but individuals can pick their own distances when we do this. You know, you can swim for however far you want, bike and run, you know, whatever distance. You know, we want you to feel empowered, and you know, they cross the finish line, our inflatable arch, and um, and yes, it's not a certified uh, you know, race that has the timing chips and all that, but it's still a race. And, and the, you know, the, the smiles, the cheers, the, the tears that, that, you know, you experience at the end of, of this race that we put on is, is awesome. And, 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 you know, it's meaningful to them and it's very meaningful to us to be a part of that. And yeah, every, you know, we've done that, that camp for so many years now, but it, you know, every time we put on that race or you just the weekend, it's different. It's, it's, you know, you have people from all walks of life that, that are coming in and, and just really pushing themselves. And that's, um, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can only imagine that would be, that would be my favorite part too, is like just seeing the joy on people's faces and the accomplishment that they feel it's pretty uh, amazing what you guys are offering. So very cool. As far as like national or global impact, I know you mentioned sometimes there are people that come from even out of the country to um, be involved with this. How has your reach grown in the last 10 years? I'm sure you guys are blown away with donations and involvement, but can you talk a little bit about like how many athletes you've been able to serve over the years and how that's grown? Yeah, we um, we're actually just crunching the numbers now as we're coming to the end of the year, and I think this year alone we we've served close to I think it was close to 750, if not more, unique individuals. So that that's the most we've ever served in in a given year, and um, which is really interesting because it's been a very interesting year. And so yeah, when you talk about reach, you know, before when you know when you're not dealing with a pandemic, you know, we have individuals that do 
come into our camps, um, you know, that we could see in person and individuals all over the country. We have some people that come from Canada. We have people who come from Mexico, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, uh, which is, or I'm sorry, the Bahamas. Um, Sweet. Yeah. And, and then a lot of that is all just word of mouth. I mean, I think the power yep. in the adaptive sports community is, I mean, the word of mouth in the adaptive sports community is better than any marketing <laughs> uh tool that we've we've ever used it, it's it's fascinating really to you know how that works um yeah but i think this year despite the circumstances you know just like this you know this virtual setting we're in right now uh we had a we had a pivot to that pretty early and it was always part of the plan but we didn't think it would happen in in like a year or two and so right. yeah so we we moved to that really early in the pandemic and it's been incredible. I mean, we've been able to see people every week that we may have only been able to see once or twice a year. Right. And to be able to create a community like that virtually is, is, is amazing. And, and, you know, there's, there's individuals I still haven't met in person, but I feel like, you know, we've grown to have a a great relationship and look forward to, to when we can meet in person too. So, um, yeah, accessibility is, as far as just being able to connect and reach with people has, has been easier this year with, with Zoom and the different virtual platforms. We love even, you know, some of our top uh, athletes that we work with, they're, you know, they're always race, racing internationally and, and pushing for Paralympic points and things like that. So, yeah, so it's nice to be on, I guess, that, that world stage with them at, at those competitions as well. Absolutely. And just raising awareness for people out there that have no idea that this stuff goes on. I mean, it's 2020, right? Like it's no surprise to you and I, but there's still plenty of people in a small town that don't know that this is happening. And it's right in Chicago. I mean, it's so easy to get there and, you know, there's flights all the time. And yes, you're right. COVID is a year that really throws a wrench into plans, but I love to hear that you guys have been able to kind of adapt with the online community and be able to really still kind of put your feelers out there and get people involved. So that's really good to hear. Do you guys have any plans on like partnering with other big cities nationally going forward? Or is it still sort of just going to be Chicago for now? Is that an odd question? <laughs> it's not an odd question. Actually, we get that asked a lot. Um, is yeah, when are you going to start a, a chapter of Dare to Try in, you know, in my town? Or um, and I think we'll eventually get there. Um, you know, we want to. Uh, we went through strategic planning, and um, yeah, we we think there's obviously a lot of work to do here in in Chicago in the Chicagoland area, and yes. you know, we want to make sure we're doing it right because that's you know it's a big undertaking I think to start opening up chapters. But in the meantime, I mean, we yeah we we want to work with other organizations. We've partnered with organizations all over the country to put maybe events on um, in their in their city. Cool. Um, so we're always yeah we're always up for that. We're we love uh, collaborating and and you know sharing. You know we're an open book. We love we love sharing what we've learned with other groups and and people. And we want uh, you know that's how the sport's going to grow. That's how you know, individuals yes. with disabilities are going to get just more experience and, and education and, um, and, and just educating the general public too. So, yes. yeah, I think down the line, we'll, we'll hopefully have other chapters in other parts of the country, but until then, I think we're just, uh, yeah, partnerships all over yes. the place. And, 
saying what works, yeah. what doesn't work. And, sure. and I think it's so cool too, that you guys travel and like, yeah, Hey, we have a camp. We want you to put on a race. Can you come help us? Like, that's really cool that you guys are doing that too. So, I mean, like you said, just the awareness alone is huge. And, you know, if nothing else, I'm sure hearing these experiences from some of these athletes will help other areas, other cities have kind of the balls or the gusto to make something for themselves, right? And offer something in their towns. So yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. pretty awesome. How has it been finding guides and volunteers? Has that been a challenge or... Or have you been pretty pleased with that, with the turnout there? Yeah, it's it, it's been great. We we have a um, just a great volunteer base, and not just in the Chicago, but like when we go to you know to put on our camps, because we really rely on on our volunteers to put on these big events. We couldn't do it with with just our staff, and um, and especially to create a safe environment for either people that are just getting involved in the sport or individuals that need you know, need guides in order to, to participate. And so, yeah, I think we do a great job here in, in Chicago with reaching out to different, you know, whether they're run clubs or triathlon clubs, you don't have to be necessarily an athlete. We know we need volunteers for all different roles, but then we'll, you know, we'll put on clinics and, and some like demos and things like that for individuals. Like say, if you wanted to specifically guide an individual with a visual impairment, um, you know, there's a little bit more involved and, you know, you want to make sure your skills are, um, you know, kind of developed to work with those, um, with those particular disability groups. And um, yeah, it's been great. And, and we want, we, we want volunteers to build those relationships with, um, with our participants um, because they, you know, outside of our events and racing and practices you know we want them to be able to recreate and and exercise on their own too so they if they can you know build a roster of volunteers or you know guides friends whatever you want to call them to yeah to meet up over the weekend you know that's um that's essentially what we what we want so yeah very very cool all right well as far as i know we touched a little bit on covid but how have you guys been able to offer online workouts right now? If there's someone who has a disability and wants to work out with you guys, what would you tell them on how to find you and how to sign up for those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we offer weekly uh, weekly sessions. Um, currently, we have uh, virtual strength sessions, and those take place on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, 6 p.m. Central, and they're just for a half hour and we do ambulatory and seated um, modifications. Uh, those have been a pretty big hit, um, as well as uh, a Monday and Friday mornings, um, 7 a.m. Central. So a little little earlier, we do um, we do virtual cycling, and um, uh, you know we use different platforms. But if you have you know a hand cycle or a stationary bike or you know just a typical like gym exercise bike. Um, you know, we'd love for you to join us, you, you know, jump on. We're, we're using Zoom and created quite a fun community. We like to talk a lot about snacks. I don't know why food and snacks are <laughs> always on like right? endurance athletes' minds. But yeah, um, yeah you're like, I'm but, burning all these calories. Now, what can I eat when I'm done with this? <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, check out our website, uh, daretotry.org. Uh, and um, there's a section there where you can go ahead and register and yeah, you get a Zoom link and password and just awesome. join us on those dates. 
All right. Well, I'm going to make sure that I link those things like the Great Lakes Adaptive Sports and DareToTry.org and the New York and Chicago Marathons. And then also your Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin camp that you guys have to offer. Is there anything else you think would be beneficial for people to be linked with? Yeah, I think so. There's Move United. Move United is basically our, we're a chapter of Move United. So very a national organization that uh, works with people with disabilities. And um, they've been great. We partnered with with Move United this year uh, more closely, I think, because of all the virtual offerings. But uh, they have a great um, resource library for um, different uh, opportunities. Um, a lot of them obviously are virtual uh, this time of uh, or this year. Um, but they, they have multiple chapters all across the country, too. So, you know, they can link you with with an adaptive sports organization that might be closer to you. But yeah, check out their website. They have a lot of very cool things going on, a lot of resources. They gave uh, an exercise uh, kit of this box of exercise equipment. I think they're still available too. So sweet. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, very cool. For people that don't know, I know that paratriathlons can be all different distances, but like what is the standard swim, bike, run distance with Dare to Try? And what, what are the couple different options for people if they want to start training now on their own and maybe do this in a year or two? Yeah, so I'd say right now, especially if you go up to like the Paralympic level, but right now the the standard distance, I think, for paratriathlon is the sprint distance. And of course, there's distances that are shorter than that, and there's distances that are a lot longer than that too. But this is generally about a 750 meter swim, so just just like under a half mile swim, a um, roughly a 13 mile bike, and then a 5k or a 3.1 mile run. So um, that's yeah, generally a little bit shorter of a distance. Um, that's what they're focusing on for like especially those top level um, elite athletes. That's that's their standard distance, but um, but there are shorter distances, like uh, at the Chicago Triathlon, they have a super sprint, which is a great distance. And, yes, um, that's what I did. What did I do? Tell me again what yeah. those are. Yeah, so that's that's about half the distance of of the of the sprint. So I think you did about a, a maybe a little bit more than a quarter mile swim. I think it was like a seven or eight mile bike ride, and then it goes about a, a mile, mile and a half run. Um, yes. Which is a which is an awesome distance. Um, whether it's your first one or if you want to just do a race, like if you, you could be experienced and just want to go really fast for a short distance. Right. Uh, it's uh, yes. great. Distance. Yeah. I love too, that you guys help athletes collaborate based on ability as well. Like, you know, I don't own a rewalk exoskeleton yet and I don't <laughs> run on any blades, but like Rochelle and I, we've, we've said to each other, like, okay, Anytime you want to do this race, let me know because I'll be there and, and vice versa. I know this year we didn't, but it's just so cool. So I swam and I biked and she did the running. So she was born without her lower limbs, you know, below the knee. And so she was able to run on blades for me. So it was just so cool that, again, something like you said right in the beginning of this interview, you know, you want to help people remove those barriers and remove those limitations. And if that means racing along somebody else. That's just so cool. And what a great way to really incorporate the disability community all together. Cause it, what we can do individually, we can surely do all together. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. It, it, it's, 
you know, maybe you're maybe just you're just into swimming, right? And and but you want to participate in this event and you know, we encourage relay. So, you know, if you find another team member or two team members that want to, you know, join together in this in this endeavor, then that's great. We love relays too. And usually that, you know, when when somebody does a relay after that, like, oh, well, maybe I'll try two of the two of the disciplines next time, or maybe I'll do it all on my own next time. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. so cool. I remember I raced Saturday and then I raced Sunday because I think someone else needed a biker or a swimmer and I was like, I'll do it. So yep. it's just really cool. I'm so, I'm so grateful for everything you guys are doing. And Dan, thank you so much for coming on today. Is there anything else you want to share? I mean, I know you're an athlete. What has sports allowed you to do as you've aged? You know, we get into our thirties and our forties and it's like, man, life is all about everything that you're doing right now. And it's just so cool that you found that now early on in your life and there's no slowing you down. So like, yeah, what about sports do you love? I guess I'll just end there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, sports has always, uh, I think giving me just a strong sense of, uh, just like work ethic, I think, and, and, and just, just, just pushing myself and, and, and being disciplined. But I think later on in, in, in life, when I've, I've just dealt with some mental health, uh, you know, struggles, I've always found that movement, um, whether it's through sports or going for a walk or something, that that has always been um, a medicine for me. It, it, it's yes. always, I've always felt better after after moving or or, or maybe going, you know, sweating and, and, and doing some activity. And I encourage people to, you know, maybe try that as, as a resource or a tool if they're, you know, dealing with anxiety or depression or just stress especially during this time during covid and and that's what we want we 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 understand that dare to try is very much focused on you know your physical health but you know i think this year we have also realized that our mental health is is probably more you know it is more important than you know our our physical health and that you know those two things work together and so so yeah i encourage people to to get out there and move you know i i I think you'll feel generally better after you do it. And so, yes. um, yeah, I'm all for uh, just, you know, staying mentally healthy too. Yes. I think that's a really good, really, really good point, especially with it being COVID. Absolutely. I, you know, I think everybody can relate that being at home feels isolating at, at times and getting those endorphins running and getting up and getting out of your house or, or even if you're just lifting weights in your basement, like, I agree. That does so much for my mood. If I can work out in the morning, it sets my whole day upright. So I definitely second that. So thank you, Dan. I really appreciate you coming on and I look forward to sharing this message with everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tess. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been Push Diaries Podcast. Please visit our website at pushdiariespodcast.com to see our mission and learn more about the guests. This is your podcast too. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pushdiariespodcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I know I haven't mentioned this much on the podcast yet, but your support on this show means a lot. If you have time, please head to Instagram and Facebook and follow me on social media. 
Every share that you give a friend and family is greatly appreciated, and I am honored to be able to bring inspiring stories to all of you so that we feel less alone in such a crazy time. The beautiful thing about these episodes and this podcast is it can be listened to at any time as anyone will be able to find connections to it in ways that they can be inspired. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com to submit an idea for the show. Your stories matter. You are a survivor. If you're listening to this, it means you've made it through a lot of hard times. Or, if you haven't, I'm hoping that the stories will help you throughout life as you are challenged, stretched, and tested. It's important to lean on one another through difficult times as we support one another to cope in a healthy way that doesn't further isolate us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. And most of all, thank you for listening.